0: i in Santa Barbara. How committed are you to Santa Barbara? Would you like to come to Waco? The Lord moves in
1: ways. He does move in mysterious ways.
0: Y'all, I'm so excited to be here. You know why? Because I heard you're like the special forces of youth groups. This is a leadership camp, right? A leadership week conference. I'm excited about that. Can y'all hear me? I'm gonna do my best this week to try to stay in one place, which is absolutely impossible for me. I'm a So this will be a challenge for all of us. Before we begin, can I I be personal for a second? Something happened to me when I was 45, and I haven't recovered from, and I'm told I never will, so might as well just get it over with, put on my glasses. (laughs) There we go. Ah, there we go. I can see what we're doing. All right, look, this is what we're going to do. I I thought that we would begin, we're just going to take 10 minutes tonight. To get ourselves oriented to what we're going to do this week. And I thought that I'd let you know a little bit about me. I know that you have no idea who I am. You have no idea um, what I'm passionate about. Um, But I hope that we get to know each other and possibly even like each other this week. Um, Here's the deal. I grew up in Houston, Texas. Good. Um, And I moved... Can you imagine this? Growing up to your freshman in high school and then moving to Hartford, Connecticut, Simsbury, Connecticut. Yeah. Oh, it was unbelievable. You want to talk about a culture shock. Driving into the town, the town said Simsbury, Connecticut, founded in 1668. And my brother turned to me and says, it still looks like it. <laughs> I mean, no McDonald's. I mean, not, nothing you know, McDonald's, whatever. There was nothing modern about the place at all. Well, it's fascinating. I was not a Christian. My parents were attending a church uh, that was not hearing the gospel, but a retired minister went into the church and started home Bible studies. And they got in his small group. And then my parents became believers. And then we moved up north. And when we moved up north, I didn't know it, but there was an athletic trainer at the school who would pray for 10 freshmen. And I was on her list. And she prayed for me every week for two years. And she would invite me to Bible studies, and she would invite me to camps. She'd invite me to special retreats, and I kept telling her, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 why? Why would I want to go? No. And then finally, I had no excuse. I didn't have wrestling. I didn't have football. There was no lacrosse. I mean, I had nothing. And she goes, we have a retreat this weekend. finally, I was just worn down. I said, okay, well, who are the girls that are going? And she told me, and I said, okay, I guess I'll go, right? Well, there I heard the gospel. Now, this is how I know God got a hold of me. My buddies and I were already scheming that we weren't going to be going to the talks, that we were going to go out in the camp at night and do stuff we probably shouldn't be doing. That night, they gave us an opportunity to go talk to God about what we heard And all my buddies, we gathered outside, and they go, Jeff, man, let's go, let's go. And I said, how can you go? I got to talk to God. Did you not hear what we just heard? And that's how I knew that God got a hold of me. Now, uh, that's how I came to know Christ. Do you want to know how I met, well, my wife? Do you want to hear that story? Is that a good story for you? First of all, where is she? It's my wife, the best thing that happened to me outside of Jesus. And my daughter is here, Belle. We have five kids. Uh, Is Ty there? He is. Ty is there. Ty is five. So here we go, y'all. Try not to embarrass him too much. We have a 20-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old. And we thought we were done. (laughs) And then we got the great blessing of Ty, Ty man, five. He's five years old. So glad he's here. Can't imagine life without him. Well, here's how we met. Uh, my brother and I are best friends. He's uh, in Edmond, Oklahoma. He planted a church there. But before, we, I was going overseas for a year and uh, was not married. Uh, there was no one on the horizon. And my brother just graduated from Penn State and he was going to be working. And uh, we were not going to see each other for a year. I was going to start campus ministries in a place called Kazakhstan, Almaty, Kazakhstan. Former Soviet Union. Do you even know it was the Soviet Union? Do you all even know that? <laughs> all right. Well, two, two weeks after the coup with Gorbachev, 55 of us go into to plant, well, to plant campus ministries. Uh, and then last night that, that I was not going to see my brother for a whole year, it was one of those awkward man moments we're looking at our shoes, kicking the rocks, and finally looks up at me and he says, Jeff, get a wife. <laughs> and I said, Pete, get a job. He got a job and I got a wife. It was a great year. Uh, the way it happened was is that I actually uh, spied her from afar. I saw her when we got into our training. I said that young lady needs help with her luggage, and I'm just the guy to help her with her luggage. So I went over to help her, and here's, here's what really breaks my heart. She doesn't even remember that. <laughs> she goes, you did ask me to take your luggage? And I'm like, for real? Are you You don't remember me? <laughs> uh, we flew into Moscow, and I'm just wanting to talk to her so bad. And uh, I'm going to go four hours south on Aeroflot, uh, and we'll not see her for three, four months until we go into a Bible conference in November. And I said, I just walked up to her. It was on Red Square. There were three guys talking to her. And I'm like, really? And I'm waiting for these dudes to just back off. Right? <laughs> and finally, one guy goes to point at the Kremlin. And that's all I needed because I'm a wrestler. And all he had to conversation with me and we had a conversation and then later that night I said can I write you and she said yes you can write me and uh I had no idea where to send the letters because we had no addresses at the time I went down and I just started writing every day for three months yeah I don't know if you remember me but I said I would write to you and I said do you remember that I mean I say stuff like that I told her what was going on in my life what we're doing how the ministry's going how, what God's doing and then we flew in in November, and I don't know if she remembers me at all. I don't know if she remembers that I asked to write her at all. And um, flew into town, walked up to her, and said, do you remember me? <laughs> yes, I remember you, and gave her like a, a book <laughs> of letters, right? Well, um, I would say, uh, what was it? In March, after writing letters, and we spent some time in Switzerland, which is a great place place to fall in love by the way we had a retreat before we went back all the cities we all went to Switzerland went back to our places and uh, we were there 10 days 12 days something like that my interpretation and hers gets a little different here because usually I say she's the one that was pursuing me like crazy and I finally gave in Um, but it's the opposite and uh, I flew out in March and asked her to marry me at the same spot I had that first conversation We were married in August. We hadn't even known each other for a year. I am getting off the plane with my fiancé to meet my brother for the first time, right when we get off the plane. Isn't that wild? And you know what he did? He wasn't there. He hid behind the door. It's classic Pete. She comes walking down. My parents are there. Where's he? He comes running behind her and picks her up. So I know, ladies, you're like... Golly, I mean, can you say, that's just an awkward, annoying moment. Because he's an awkward, annoying person. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get to Waco? Uh, it's fascinating. When I was at seminary, um, two years, my second year into seminary, there was an elder at a church called Park State Presbyterian Church that was praying that God would start a church in Waco, Texas. And he said, I'm not praying that God says you. I said, Irv, don't pray that prayer. I am not going to Waco, Texas. And so my wife is praying we go to Waco. He's praying we go to Waco. So you know who God answers whose prayers. So if you need something prayed for, go to my wife. Um, we, ended up, we ended up getting there. Uh, it was crazy how it happened. But that was the two years right before, uh, what was it? It was actually before the network even got started. And uh, we're glad to be there. We've been there now for 15, 16 years. Yeah. He's yawning, so I very good going. All right, here we go. What do, you, what, do you, what do you want to see happen this week? What do you want God to do? What are your expectations this week for God to work in your life? If I had a whiteboard, I would, I would ask for them right now. I would ask you to start listing what you expect to happen this week. What you want to believe God to do this week. So I'm going to let you in on my expectation of what I expect God to do this week. Okay? If I had a piece of glass, and let's say we went out to the richest soil that's out here in this area, and I buried that piece of glass... And I started fertilizing the ground and watering the ground and I became the glass whisperer. Come on, baby, grow. Come on. Uh, Is that grass, is that piece of glass ever gonna grow? Of course it's not. Because the glass has no life in it. The glass has no power in it. Do you know what God says his word is? It's an imperishable seed That God's word has divine life and divine power in it. And he plants it in your heart. And it will grow. And God will encounter you. And God will seek you. And you will know him. And that's my expectation. Here's another one. Lions. Lions are kings in the jungle, right? For a very good reason. And you know that lions, I love lions, because they're just, just violent, raw power. A lion, a male lion, can eat 75 pounds of meat in one sitting. A lion can drag a 600 pound zebra. Has anyone ever heard a lion roar? I mean, in real person, not on Animal Kingdom or Animal Planet, whatever's on there now. Has anyone ever heard one in person roar? Raise your hand if you have. So you're going to know what I'm talking about. Now, we were going to the Pittsburgh Zoo when all my kids were really, really young. And this is when when the zoos were becoming that open concept, giving the animals lots of freedom, which I'm glad they have now, no longer in those cages. Uh, We were walking up to what's called Pride Rock, and the whole zoo is built so that it, it moves up a hill to where the lions are. And while we were going up, I have one kid in a stroller, two probably holding hands, and my wife's got the other. and We're going up to Pride Rock, and two lions in Pride Rock started fighting. And I'm not talking like, yeah. I'm talking <laughs> like, and, and I wish you were there instinctively every man just grabbed their child and clutched the stroller. I squeezed that stroller because I thought there was a lion bounding down in the middle of the zoo somewhere and I was like okay, here we go. Right? And every woman just started squeezing their kids and eyes are like this and everyone, your whole insides turned and your knees got weak, you couldn't help it, the lion just roared. Let's say, and it's just a a pretend game, but let's say I have a lion in a cage, and I just wheel him out here. (coughs) I And and I I reach over and I lift the latch. And now the door goes this way, because this is really important, because this is where I am, and you're (laughs) there. so I pull the latch open, and out walks. The king of the jungle. Who needs to be protected? The lion? Or you? My expectation this week is to uncage the lion. The word of God is uncaged, unchanged. And you and I need to be protected. He will devour you and give life to you at the same time. So what are we going to do? We're going to uncage the lion. What are we going to do? We're going to watch an imperishable seed that has divine life and divine power in it that doesn't need you at all this week to do whatever it wants to do. You can come in with the hardest heart. I don't care. You can come in with the softest heart. I don't care. That seed, that lion, will roar. So we're going to look at John 17. Why? Because I have to. That's what they gave me to do. So that's why we're doing John 17. The high priestly prayer. And we're going to spend, I don't know, six, seven times together. We'll probably get tired of each other. But we won't get tired of the fact that every time we get together, this is what I want your expectation to be. And you have every reason to have it. Colossians 1 says that the gospel goes forward. It goes forward and it grows and it multiplies and it bears fruit. And Paul was saying it did that for the church as it did all over the world. So the gospel is the power of God for you as a Christian. And that's what we're going to do this week. Amen? Amen.